Imagine if medicine actually looked at you as a whole, opposed to looking at you as a bunch of separate systems. Dive into Integrative Wellness Radio with Dr. Nick and Dr. Nicole to learn more about the top trends in integrative medicine, to learn about what the limitations are with testing and what you can do to start your health journey. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I am Dr. Nicole, and I am here with... Dr. Nick. (laughs) So we're excited to be back in the studio, and we've had... Well, we've been compiling a list of uh, different topics that we've wanted to talk about, but today we're here to really talk about a couple of different topics, but one of the primary ones that we want to talk about is... You are not fat. You are toxic. (laughs) So many of you have already started doing cleanses. You're doing some type of uh, challenge at your gym. You're doing a cleanse. Maybe it's a juice cleanse. Maybe you're starving yourself. I don't know. (laughs) Everybody's doing something a little bit different um, because of the massive guilt that they have. But I think that one of the most important things to shed light on is that most of us are walking around thinking that we are carrying a lot of fat tissue. And don't get me wrong, some of us are, but a huge portion of those pounds that we see on the scale actually have to do with inflammation, which comes from toxicity. So we're here to really just uncover what does that even mean and where are these toxins coming from? And also, what does it look like? So tell us what it looks like, Dr. Nick. So, I mean, it can look like many different forms. Uh, The first and foremost is going to see more in the lymphatic system. Uh, So it's like when you overall have just puffiness uh, to your skin, um, that's just inflammation, um, first and foremost. The, anytime you actually have cellulite, um, that's actually toxicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's infecting your fascia. Uh, so that creates those dimples uh, within the skin, but it's really toxicity in your fascia system. That's affecting your fascia system. Um, but actually, I was having a conversation with a client earlier last week because um, they were literally doing the whole 30 and they were really hitting the gym hard. Uh, and I told him, I was like, very interestingly, I was like, as you guys are getting you know, towards the end of the program, look at the people that are have lost a lot of weight, but they're still holding on to, quote unquote, these fat pockets, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's just right around the belly button. Uh, mm-hmm. For females, it's very common to have it like inside of the knee and also on the side of the thighs. Yep. Um, for males, it's you know, more common in the belly. But it's, it's because your body can't lose fat if it's toxic. So a lot of times, especially doing the like Whole30, very, very clean diet, no alcohol, all these mm-hmm. things, they'll lose the weight, but they won't be able to lose the inflammation because you can't lose quote unquote fat if the body's storing toxins in it. So you actually have to detox from the toxins first, then that fat will come off because your body's intelligent. I mean, Mm -hmm. it wants to put anything toxic into an area that's not going to affect something very important, which is your fat. Function in general. Well, I think it's interesting just to like clarify what you were saying before about um, like what it looks like, um, because it does look different between men and women. And I always find it funny with the men that have the skinny arms and legs, but they have what everybody calls the quote unquote beer belly, even though maybe they don't drink beer. But that protrusion of the belly is really a backup 
in this system that is called the lymphatic system. The simplest way to explain the lymphatic system, it's just the master filter of the body. It's there to gobble up toxicity, infections, any type of foreign invaders, and to eradicate it out of the body by leveraging uh, an immune reaction. So with that, when the lymph gets backed up, it, the example that I use consistently in the practice is, it's like you have a vacuum. The vacuum can be brand new, but it has a filter. You keep using it, filter gets more and more full, and then it gets to the point that you really can't use the vacuum efficiently anymore. And it's a very similar concept when we say congestion or backup of the lymphatic system. Just think of it as a master filter, and now it's kind of at max capacity, and it's not really eradicating things out properly, so now everything is getting stored in the fat tissue. Or even and this is when we just like, you know, take out the appendix, take out these things, get a new vacuum, right? Yeah. Well, the what Nick is saying is that parts of the lymphatic system that work or work with the lymphatic system is your tonsils, your spleen and your appendix. And many people get their appendix removed. Many people get their tonsils removed. Uh, you can't really function well without a spleen. Technically, you can survive without it. Um, but it is more rare that someone would have their spleen removed. But a lot of people are dealing with a lot of pain on their left rib cage, and that's where the spleen is. And they just think it's like indigestion, and it's actually an enlarged spleen. So yes, this is definitely something that a lot of people are dealing with. And it's the men with the skinny arms and legs, but the protruded belly. And then the females. And it's firm. It's a hard belly. Yes, you know? definitely. And some women have it, too. Um, but then the females are the ones that are, you know, saying that they have all of this weight in their in their buttocks and their thighs. And there's they look like you could put a pin in them and they're, they're almost going to pop. And it's because the inflammation is causing so much retention of fluid that it's almost like the skin is getting tight. Some women experience this all the time. They like constantly look in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, I look like I'm gonna pop. And then there's other women that get on a plane and they have really bad water retention in their ankles. So even if you just have it when you fly, there's still a problem that's there, but because your body is resilient, it's ebbing and flowing. So you're not having consistent issues. But if you're the person, if you weigh yourself on a daily basis and you fluctuate anywhere between two to let alone five pounds a day, that is inflammation. That is not fat. So what are the most common, would you say, like toxins? Is infections fall on that route too? Mm -hmm. Like what, what's really caused this for most people? So really the sky's the limit at this point. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I actually just came off of last month doing a webinar series about toxicity. And I could barely scratch the surface on what I talked about. And I had to break it down from toxins that we were being exposed to from our personal products. I broke it down into heavy metal toxicity, um, toxins we're getting exposed to from uh, farming and the food industry. And then there's toxins that come from medications that we're taking as well. So there is so many avenues that we're being exposed. but. As we per proceed with the conversation, what I want people to understand is that this is not about like living in a bubble. And I think that, you know, we have this conversation all the time with patients as they start to think like, like they get angry, same as us. We got angry when we learned about all this. And then we were like, well, what the hell do you do? Like, I can't even do this. I can't go out. I can't have a glass of wine. And you, you know, can't you're just, a glass of water. <laughs> you just like start panicking about everything. And then what you realize is that 
you know, it's it kind of goes back to that conversation about the lymphatic system being a filter. And it's not just that, it's also our liver, our gut is a filter, our kidneys are a filter. And when all the filters get maxed out, that is when we're just not getting rid of these things that we're being exposed to like we used to. And this is when we start, We, we first of all, we call it aging. People go, oh, well, you know, I used to have a, a glass of wine and I feel fine the next day. Now I'm hungover for three days. And that's not aging. That is literally your liver cannot metabolize the alcohol anymore. And it's because your liver is not just filtering out alcohol, it's filtering out pesticides and herbicides and heavy metals and all of these things that we're getting exposed to. Well, it's the compounding effect because we haven't, quote unquote, cleaned or gotten new, quote unquote, vacuum. New, <laughs> new filter. New vacuum filter, yeah. Well, and two, it's... Um, it's interesting because in even the world of functional medicine, we tend to look primarily at heavy metals. And there's not many physicians that are looking beyond heavy metals. So we're kind of assuming that heavy metals like mercury and aluminum and cadmium, those are some of the primary uh, toxins that people are being exposed to. And yes, they are definitely part of the puzzle, but there's so much more than that. Um, but even talking about heavy metals, one of the primary ways we get exposed is literally from our drinking water, uh, dental work. So everybody or everybody decided to get their silver fillings out because we heard those were bad because they were um, contaminated with mercury. So now we all get white fillings. Uh, white fillings not only contain cadmium, which is another harmful heavy metal, but they also contain uh, time-released fluoride. So they time-release fluoride actually over a lifetime. I actually did not know that. Yes, I learned that a couple of weeks ago from a dentist that I spoke to. <laughs> and pretty much she said that most dentists, even if they are holistic, are opting for those, um, unless you're going to a biological dentist. That's crazy. Um, everything from the sealants to composites um, to even braces, they all contain different types of heavy metals, palladium, as well as uh, nickel being the primaries. So when... Um, women when you are wearing uh crappy jewelry and it turns your skin a color that's probably because you have a nickel allergy and that very much can come from braces and the permanent retainer that they put behind your teeth hmm. yeah i love when nick learns something new <laughs> my brain's going crazy right now uh, so for most people that don't like realize most of these heavy metals fluoride mercury aluminum they're not only just toxins but they're neurotoxins so they're really a specific toxicity that's going creating lots of havoc to your nervous system. So your brain, brain fog, uh, neuro memory, loss. memory loss, neurological disorders, diseases. Well, unfortunately too, is we've had this situation come through our doors a few times that someone um, as an older individual had a good portion of their silver fillings uh, swapped out for mm -hmm. to be replaced with the white. And they, their lymphatic system, all the lymph nodes in their neck were already compromised. They were not filtering properly. Um, they also were older and their immune system wasn't as resilient. And they were removed improperly. And they literally went in and cracked the fillings, popped them out, released a ton of mercury vapor. And uh, two patients, different scenarios, but both massive neurological issues. One had the onset of Parkinson's two months after the procedure. The other one had the onset of multiple sclerosis six months after. So these things are, are very serious and we need to be aware of it 
because even if you want to get silver fillings removed and replaced, you have to make sure that your body is ready for that. And you also have to make sure that you're doing your due diligence to find a dentist who's going to do it properly. Can I piggyback off of what you just said there before? Go for it. So I'd just like to point out, so it's like those two clients, they were, I guess, pre-framed into getting these neurological diseases and understanding that all neurological diseases or pretty much every single disease is really just a description of symptoms. Yeah. Uh, So like the unfortunate thing is that so many people today are getting treated for their symptoms instead of actually going through and like, all right, what was the causation of causing these symptoms and be able to quote unquote, go up, clear up that mess and then allowing the effect to be actually getting your life back and being healthy. Yeah. Well, that's actually two of the podcasts we're going to be recording after this one is uh, talking about how bad vision is equivalent to having a bad brain. And then also the connection with um, testosterone levels and Parkinson's. So but what you're going to find interesting about those two podcasts is they are going to have a very similar foundation because when you look at the physiology of what the brain needs um, and what the brain needs to detox, those are the systems that have to be looked at in the event that you're diagnosed with anything. If it's Parkinson's, dementia, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, it's where's the kink in the chain? You know, what's happening? Is there toxicity? Can the brain not detox? Is there poor blood flow? So it's very important that a physician is looking at all those aspects and not just looking at you as um, a neurological case, but looking beyond. But back to our toxicity. (laughs) Um, So Some of the other toxins uh, that unfortunately all of us are going to be presenting with at this point in time is pesticides and herbicides. Uh, This is something that, you know, we have this, we're living in this world that there is organic and there's conventional and there's genetically modified and people are just like, I don't even know what is what and can I trust it and does it really matter? You know, there's the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. And, you know, there's a lot of misinformation. But one thing that is a common denominator is most of the produce in the U.S. is being sprayed with Roundup. Yes, the same thing that you spray to kill your weeds in your yard. Um, Roundup is extremely toxic and now has actually been proven, not my opinion, been proven to be one of the biggest causes of celiac disease, which if you look at those statistics, those statistics are on the rise. Yeah, I forget the exact cases, but they're actually uh, sued and they 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 lost, Roundup lost. Mm-hmm. Um, now actually I think it's Bayer that owns it. Yeah, um, they sold to, Mon- or Monsanto sold to Bayer. Yeah, 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 but they've lost a couple cases, um, like huge cases. Uh, I think they're all actually neurological um, diseases that came on. I think there were a couple of cancer-based case, cases as well. Yeah. But pretty much at the end of the day, the the primary ingredient in the Roundup is called glyphosate. And glyphosate is what they've actually linked to a lot of these diseases. But in addition to that, if you are being exposed to glyphosate, that's one thing. Glyphosate on its own um, actually resides in some of the genetically modified foods. But if you're eating conventional produce, you're not just getting the glyphosate, you're also getting exposure to the just the full-on Roundup. And full-on Roundup also contains um, surfactant. And one of the surfactants, think of it as um, soap. So it literally strips your gut of all good bacteria and all good microorganisms. So if you don't have any of the good, you are a brewing ground for the bad. And what people don't understand too is 
your vegetables are grown in the dirt. <laughs> They're grown with bugs on them. They're dirty. They, they have bacteria. It's just normal. But if you're stripped of all the good, you now become more susceptible to just the average E. coli that's on your kale. I'm not advocating to not eat kale, guys. <laughs> Some people are going to listen and be like, okay, I'll never eat vegetables again. Thank you for for making sure that I don't. <laughs> you be, know that people are thinking that. That'd be my dad. <laughs> I know. Totally. I thought of him as I'm saying it. <laughs> like, hmm, Nicole said not eat kale. <laughs> so... So the point is, is that there is a lot of different chemicals that are on the food alone. And then in addition to that, you know, one of the the big things that we work with in our practice is mold toxicity. And I remember in the very beginning stages and, you know, as I was like, like nose deep into all of the research about mold and doing all these trainings and being like, oh, this is the missing piece for so many people. And then you, you know, time goes by and you realize, Everybody has mold toxicity. And what I didn't realize, it took time for me to piece the puzzle together, was that there's tons of mold on our food. There's, you know, there's mold that we, literally we were passing by, we go to this field with the dogs and um, there was, Nick is from Iowa where they grow all the corn, <laughs> but we we're passing by and there's all this corn. And I was like, wow, I was like, I'm surprised they're not harvesting the corn. It's it's moldy and, and it looks like it's going bad. And he just looks at me and he's like, no, they'll harvest it. They'll grind it up and feed it to animals. And I was like, oh, sucks. <laughs> just like so unbelievably disappointed because this is the reality of it, though. So not only are most of our grains like wheat, corn, soy, uh, quinoa, rice, like they're all crops that are very susceptible to fungus in the first place, then on top of it, we might be going out of our way to buy good quality produce, but then maybe the animals that we're eating were fed fungus ridden <laughs> corn or crops. So again, I'm, I'm not, uh, my intention is not to make you guys live in fear of the food industry, but it's definitely understanding that your choices are important. I think that a lot of us want to go the convenience route and just, you know, be like, I don't have time to think about my food, but this is one of the reasons why we are in an epidemic of chronic illness. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I think the takeaway from understanding all this is to not be in fear, but to know that you have the power to be able to keep your body in a sustainable, really foundational place so that it will never succumb to being sick or will never come to getting a disease because you're always literally making sure that your detox systems um, are really functioning properly. So you don't have to be stressed and worry and live in fear about all the chaos that's happening outside of us. Well, and also too, though, is we can make these great lifestyle changes, but sometimes for some of you that are listening to this podcast is you might need to actually have some type of strategy or support to get the bad stuff out that is already built up. And, you know, you're going to just changing your diet or doing juice for, you know, seven days straight is not necessarily going to amplify your detoxification. Sometimes you have to use things that are, are more aggressive protocols, like different types of supplements, binders, heavy metal chelators, things like that. So that's really when better testing um, 
you know, gives you better information about your body so that you're not the person that's yo-yo dieting. And you're just so frustrated and overwhelmed because you constantly think that it's a dietary issue when in reality, it's a toxicity issue. So this is definitely something important to take away because I literally had this conversation just the other day is this patient is just like, I, she has so much guilt around trying and giving up and trying and giving up and so much guilt around the fact that she has, she can't not eat the sugar. And I just tried to explain to her, I'm like, first of all, number one is you have so much going on in your gut that your body's almost hijacked right now. Like your blood sugar is so unstable that when you drop into a low blood sugar, your body intuitively is craving sugar in order to boost your sugar levels up. Because if your blood sugar is bottomed out, that's going to affect your brain. I was like, so part of what you're experiencing is not really in your control. I go, but secondarily, you're trying to fix a toxicity problem by cutting out certain foods and then you're not getting anywhere and you're getting frustrated and then you're feeling depressed about it. So it's like this vicious cycle that so many people go through and they just don't understand that there is something foundational happening that needs to be addressed in a different way. Yeah. And then with that, it's just understand that you support two different pathways at the same time. It's like most people think they're, they're just going to work on detox and like you said, like a juice cleanse might not be the best for everybody because mm-hmm. it's going to be high in sugar for the most yeah. part but at the same time there's no fiber with it so you're really not getting that part of the cleansing aspect uh, that the lymphatic system really really needs yeah no i think that it, that's a really good point for you to say is that detoxing has to be extremely strategic and when you were talking earlier about the fat tissue Um, I wrote an article a while back for Mind Body Green, and one of the articles that I wrote was specifically about the keto flu. And it was for people that shift into a ketogenic diet and they get sick. And there's all of this information out there of what causes the keto flu. And it was, they, they loved my article because it was a completely different perspective. And really my perspective on it is if you start to go into a fat burning state because you go hardcore keto and all of your toxins live in your fat tissue, you're mobilizing all of these toxins at a rapid rate and that's what makes you sick. So it's not always about going hardcore anything, but it's trying to be really, really strategic and making sure that you have proper supplementation in the mix. So like what you just said is you do juice, you amp up all these antioxidants, you do get sugar, but the fact that you have no soluble fiber doesn't keep your blood sugar stable. Also, soluble fiber is the primary thing that helps to bind the toxins to mobilize them out through your gut. So it's really trying to know that you can do it, you can do it in the right way so you don't feel miserable, <laughs> number one. And number two is if you if you do it in the right way, you can actually create changes that are sustainable opposed to, I feel so good on these couple of days. And then you literally, you know, you spiral out of control <laughs> after you're done. So, and I think one mindset component uh, is that don't do a cleanse to go back to be like, I can't wait until day eight and I can't wait to go to McDonald's. Like that, just don't even do a cleanse. Just don't. It's like totally defeats the purpose. And 
And you don't detox in seven days anyway. Well, 21 days foundationally uh, with anything, you want to reset the mind. The mind is the most beneficial aspect that we have towards healing. Um, and they found about three weeks, 21 days is that what really takes to create a sustainable mind shift. But really understanding that it's retraining your mind to be able to eat in a conscious way to serve your body instead of really eating to serve your mind uh, yeah. or to serve your emotions. Stop eating for your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask that question when patients come in and they're like, I have to tell you, I did this. And I'm like, did you do it for you or did you do it for your feelings? And they're like, for my feelings. I'm like, okay, let's not do that again. Go see Dr. Nick. Uh, go see Dr. Nick. No, I think it's... Um, what the, I, I guess I should say, too, for me personally, I have not been able to do many cleanses successfully because I always felt like they were so polarized. Like doing a juice cleanse was absolute like torture for me. Um, and then like just crazy restrictive eating was torture to me. But when I did the 21 day cleanse, it was a really nice balance. Um, and what's interesting too, is the first time that I ever did the 21 day cleanse, um, I did, I focused more on the shakes because you get a powder and this powder, like Nick said, it's actually all geared towards liver and gut detoxification because all of the properties in the powder detox those two systems those two systems specifically. Uh, the first time I focused doing it in a smoothie, which was fine, but um, the second time around, we actually did it, uh, put the powder into soups. It was delicious. And that was personally my favorite. So what's kind of nice is depending if you like hot or cold, you can kind of do either one. Um, but in the first three days, you're focusing specifically on that, uh, doing either the soups or the smoothies with those powders. And then you start to incorporate more of like a plant-based diet, still using the smoothies or the soups, and then you move into lean protein. But, you know, being able to see your energy come back, your brain fog lift, and just to like feel that decrease in that inflammation, like not feel like you're going to literally pop is it's just like people are like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know it was possible because I've been yo-yo dieting for so many years. In 21 days, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty easy when you think about it. Yeah. So, so really to sum up today's conversation is stop thinking that you need to go on crazy elimination diets, weight watchers and everything else. Because no detoxing to retoxing. <laughs> no detoxing to retoxing. Uh, but being able to understand that if your weight is yo-yoing every day, this is an inflammatory process that's happening. And this very much has to do with toxicity. And if you think that you are uh, you're not part of this toxicity conversation, you're wrong because you're all using different personal products that have toxins. We didn't even go there. Personal products have toxins. Literally, the food has toxins. The tap water has toxins. Everything has toxins. <sighs> <laughs> but we need to just know that it's not about living in a bubble. It's about, you know, knowing which systems need the most support and leveraging the expertise of someone who can help you in that process. Support yourself. <laughs> I love how Nick always has to end with something weird. Something crazy. <laughs> we thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Integrative Wellness Radio. If you're looking to learn more about Integrative Wellness Group, as well as Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole, you can check out integrativewellnessgroup.com.